Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, no. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in traumatizing. Traumatizing. <laughs> um, my 13-year-old. That was our trigger warning. Yeah. Just so you guys all can't be like, I was just traumatized unwillingly this episode of without knowing it. <laughs> my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And um, I have a funny word to, this is like a, this is like a house. This is what Janie calls a house joke, which is okay, an inside joke, but she didn't know mm-hmm. that phrase. So she was like, oh, it's our house joke. Okay. And it's so great that I just want, I want to give it to everybody. Um, but you know, the song from never ending story where they go never ending story you know mm-hmm. okay so we're sitting at the dinner table and Janie starts singing that song but <laughs> what she sang was very loudly and just with all the confidence of Janie she sang never ending glory uh, and then like <laughs> I made eye contact with Kate and Clem, and Kate and Clem made eye contact with me, and then she once again belted out, Glorny, and we, you know when you do that, like, laugh where your face is, like, frozen and you can't breathe and your eyes have disappeared because you're just, like, and you kind of slowly are, like, falling over, like, a little bit, so that's what Kate, Clem, and I were doing as Janie just, like, very confidently saying the word glorny and i once i could breathe again i was like janny what's a glorny and she was like it's the song and i was like but what is it and kate goes it's when you're laughing so hard that you freeze so (laughs) now whenever one of us laughs so hard that like we stop breathing and our face is like frozen and everything uh, someone goes, you're glornying. <laughs> you're glornying right now. <laughs> and we like make fun of each other for glornying, which is like, it's just like, this is how like words come about. This is how like weird inside jokes come about. Um, yes. So I also like that she called it a house joke. It's a house I think joke. I like that better than inside joke. Well, that's like inside joke is amongst friends, but house joke is yes. amongst family. Yes it's a, it's the yeah it's what the family does so yeah anyway i um was just super tickled by that and then when my oldest was sick for like 10 days she had just the longest cold ever we were so just like thrown like having someone in the family like sidelined that we like normally spend all day with it was so weird yeah that she was like out of the game that like Clem and I like started playing like catch and like bouncing a ball to each other 
like that's how like we like didn't know what to do we're like sitting on the ground like throwing this little ball at each other and it like that spiraled into a game that we were we would we would be glorying the whole time because we'd be like hitting each other in the face hitting each other in the nose my glasses would be flying off like it was very intense and she would say do you want to play glorny ball so now like, it's ball. just like it's just growing it's going it's just anyway feel free to use it's it it's on actually a kind of, of hard to say but yeah it's just gonna keep yeah. going so if you hear my daughters say like oh you're glornying that's where it came from it's that's just great fun yeah yeah yes um yeah my daughter is just totally this just makes me think of this is like so you just shared to me you gave me like a little household check-in yeah so now i'm like okay i gave yeah. the household check-in yeah so georgia is s- super sing-songy she uh-huh. just sings all the time yes and then she's really into spider-man she's in her spider-man but- phase right and Every so now they have, have one. right well and they have now they have a show called spidey and his amazing friends oh which is like the ultra little kid version where like the villain he steals tomatoes from the community garden and that's what that's his that's the bad thing that he does <laughs> okay okay i got it so it's like it's super tame <laughs> and you know some of them are a little worse than that but but um but then the it has this really cool kind of like uh headbanger theme song yeah by oh man who was that it was it was a guy it wasn't really a band he's this guy that sings it he's the lead singer of a band that was popular when we were young Oh, um, and so it like I was We're never now. Yeah, I was never super into this band. I'm to- why am I totally forgetting it? Nickelback. Um, no, but it was like a cool adjacent band. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> stop. Linkin stop Park. It. <laughs> Every band my brother um, liked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man um cool. okay who is this who is he who is he i don't i'm like on fallout the boy fallout boy so oh, the lead Patrick singer from Stump. fallout boy yeah so he like you know like uh not that i didn't like fallout boy but they were just a little more like mainstream cool yeah. versus yeah. like underground cool, cool. actually cool but yeah so, so uh so he sings the songs for it and it has a very fallout boy type feel and so she okay. has gotten into I get it. her she's gotten into her spider-man phase whilst simultaneously kind of getting into this like rocking out type of phase and yeah it's just i love it it's great when jenny was that age some- she was really into we will rock you like that was yeah. her jam and something Spider-Man- about that age they like uh, yeah i don't know they're, they're just pumped they're pumped for right. life yes yes and just the theatrical it's like this 
the superhero element plus the like yes. the high intensity plus the drama yes anyway no it's yeah, great and it all just, comes together and is great yeah and she'll tell you oh yeah you know like if it's if it's at night and i ask her what did we have to eat for breakfast this morning she'd be like uh <laughs> but if no but if i asked her the entire plot of an episode of spidey and his amazing friends she'd be like oh, no and then this happened and then this uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh i love that age i love yeah. that age mm-hmm. it's so sweet it's so yeah. sweet uh we have two birthdays basically next month i know yep little ransoms he's he's just one quickly approaching that first first year first party first birthday party it's so weird it's so weird i don't know what we're gonna do right now i'm gonna try to make a cake and you should do a meatball theme i know meatball cake i really thought about making him a meatball cake not like you know just like stacks of meatballs and like that's oh. just what we eat you know mm-hmm. and like do like different kinds there'll be barbecue meatballs and teriyaki meatballs and like like a just... bar a meatball bar yes what's really All funny I'm saying about this is oh, that a meatball cake would be super forgiving or cake balls, which is what cake I need. Mean. That look cake like balls meatballs. are forgiving. Those and I, if I made them, they would look like meatballs. So it would be there. You go, great, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about this is that for years, my mom, like, if she was going to an event or if she was coming over, she would show up with a crock pot of meatballs. Like it would just be a Saturday afternoon, and she'd be coming over, and she would show up with meatballs, and it it started to become like a thing. Like if my mom's showing up, like it's she and her meatballs and uh, she's feeling very prepared for her grandson because the the child lives for meatballs <laughs> and she always has meatballs on hand, like ready to go. So it was almost like she's just been preparing for ransom this whole time and she didn't even know. I feel like this is, I feel like now Nani can really embrace, she should just like start referring to the grandkids as meatballs, like yeah. Nani and her meatballs. She has five and meatballs. And she can get some like <laughs> little meatballs decals for the back of her car. <laughs> just really embrace it. Just really yes. go there. Nani's meatballs. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, man. You guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Our next round of book clubs starts this week. So if you've been on the fence, you know, just get off of it and get off the fence <laughs> and join book club. We're doing our first, our very, very first fiction. And um, you guys are excited. People are People are excited and they're saying we should just do the whole trilogy. And I'm like, you know, don't make me commit to that right now. Let me, let me go. Like, let's see, like, let's see how this goes and we'll go from there. Um, So we are reading C.S. Lewis's Out of the Silent Planet. You guys have been sending in pictures of your copies. Um, 
I've been seeing some really fun ones, by the way. Like, I guess, you know, yeah. when you have an older popular book, there's different iterations of the book. And yeah, I've been seeing some really cool ones posted. So uh, if you want to join that, that's happening this starting this week at patreon.com slash theologians. You don't have to have your book yet. You don't have to have any reading done. Just join us August 2nd, which is a Wednesday at 1.30 Pacific time. Okay. Do you have anything else we need to tell them? I think that's it. Okay. Except for everything that we're going to tell them now. Right. Okay. The rest of it. <laughs> Housekeeping's over. Housekeeping corner is over. Yes. <laughs> um. So we're talking about death again. Um, I'm finding that sometimes we're revisiting topics because it's been a few years. And also just because we get emails and um, there's a lot of you out there. I don't know. It's kind of crazy to me how many of you are out there listening and you write in. And um, sometimes you drive me insane Sorry if that's really loud. Can you hear my phone or my computer when I get a message? Yes. Okay. That's really Can annoying. you hear mine? No. I've had that happen in the past and I always wonder. No. I've never but heard But I also, I don't want to risk. Muting it. Silencing it. And then being yeah. like, everything. You guys just silenced. enjoy my notifications. <laughs> this is um, how it is now. <laughs> This is the moment where I want to let you guys know if you've ever wondered if we've talked about something, go to the website, it's sheologians.com, and then hit the search bar and type in what you're wondering about. For six years, I have been diligently categorizing every episode and tagging every episode and I try to be very creative and make sure I like catch any possible thing um so you know it's funny i get emails have you guys talked about feminism um i get emails have you guys talked about being single? <laughs> <laughs> and i know when you email me and ask this you've never looked you didn't look you're you're like the kid that's like i can't find it but like here's the thing friend it's because you didn't look like that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, I love y'all. Um, but you need to use the search button. But anyway, um, we have talked about Which death in, before. In everyone's defense, I do feel like a lot of, I would say there's probably many podcasts that are not as well tagged. And so they've gone and they've tried to use the search and they've been burned by the search. Okay. Well, but I won't burn them. Summer's not been doing that. She's not I been neglecting the tag. No, yeah. I'm not going to no, burn no. you guys. I promise. <laughs> I promise it's there. Um, so death. Yeah. We've talked about death before. We've, we, mm-hmm. you know, what a weird kind of topic, except that I think we should think about death. I think we should all think about death more than we do, but not in a morbid yep. way. <clears throat> I don't mean that in some like weird, morbid fascination way. Um, and I didn't know just the way that my dad was a chaplain, right? So like how he got into becoming a minister, like his first real kind of ministerial job, I was an infant and he was a hospital chaplain. So like he was watching people die every day and that was just like his job. And so we 
we grew up going to funerals. Like it was super important. I just have a whole life of funerals behind me. And um, I thought that was normal. <laughs> and I started talking to people who are, you know, 26, 27, 28, 35 years old and have never been to a funeral. Um, I did not know that was a thing. Uh, it was like an occasion for us. It was like, there's a funeral, like put your clothes on, let's go. Not like, yay, yeah. but just like, this is a part of life. So we're going to, we're going to go do this. This is what we should be doing. Um, so I have, it's not that funerals are comfortable, but I am comfortable at funerals, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's just not normal for, I think a lot of us. <laughs> and that's weird. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously as with anything, we create our own culture around, I mean, we create a culture around it all. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but we, I think that our culture specifically is very death allergic and avoidant. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, for many reasons, because, well, you even said people feel, it makes people feel uncomfortable. I think the primary reason it makes our secular, humanist, materialist culture uncomfortable is because when you're a culture that's highly materialist, Mm. what happens when you die I, you yeah. that in that in essence is like the mo that is the moment when the material is snuffed out like your cells are they stop you know so obviously you're still matter but it's not it's it's changed it's different matter um yeah. And then, of course, I think that that just exposes that people know that they're not just matter <laughs> um, and people don't want to think about what happens after they die. Um, yeah. And so we've created this whole industry to pretend. And sometimes that's sometimes that's avoidance altogether. Sometimes that is like um make the body as small as possible, do a cremation, put, put the ashes in a box, don't have a funeral, um, kind of, you know, maybe release some balloons and then you, and well, speaking of releasing balloons, sometimes that's <laughs> like, that's like this whole thing, like a whole thing, like a procession and a releasing doves and, and just this an enormous funeral with ton, you know, so sometimes we were avoidant, but we like either do nothing and try to totally avoid it. Or we sort of like make a, like a circus of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's undeniable that there's, there's a reason we don't want to think about it. And there's a reason we don't want to have to think about it often. And then um, it, it really does seem like when we do have to think about it, for some reason, everyone all of a sudden believes in God and heaven. Yeah. Angels. 
everyone gets their wings all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, um, I think yeah. one of the things that like brought the topic up for me years ago was when I started hearing about and following the death positivity movement. Mm. And uh, that is a whole thing um, that is very interesting. And we actually had a, a snodgrass email us about it because uh and it was a well thought out email if you're listening listener and i don't have a problem with anything she said but i think maybe we miscommunicated or she misunderstood kind of our what we were trying to say about the death positivity movement um so maybe we said it poorly and we again it was a well thought out email i don't remember saying any of the things she thought i said so <laughs> here i am hopefully setting the record straight yeah um, i remembered reading the email and agreeing with everything she said yeah <laughs> so, so i was like wait I, hold you know. on <laughs> um i do think she and i maybe would disagree on the the positivity of the death positivity movement oh yeah yeah I, maybe um, that's it i think there's two aspects for me one is that unbelievers should not feel positively about death and if they do, there's something, there's unbelief there, right? Because an unbeliever, for an unbeliever, dying is is final. There is no day of repentance available to them. And where they are going is eternal torment. And so there shouldn't be death positivity for them. Um, I understand, you know, I think part of the death positivity movement is, I think, mainly removing the stigma of dead bodies and how we treat dead bodies. Um, yeah. But there is that aspect of like, you shouldn't be afraid of death because there's nothing coming for you after this. Or there's a lot of paganism involved in it as well. You know, maybe you'll be reincarnated or whatever. Um, but it's it's strange it's a strange thing to me to think of unbelievers feeling positively about death you know if you do believe there's nothing coming after this life well that's depressing um but i think most people's consciences you know everybody knows there is a god and so i don't know what the point in being positive about death would be and then of course that got me thinking about uh the verse that says that those who hate me love death. Those who hate God love death. And I think there's a, that's kind of the morbid fascination. That's kind of the, that I would uh, put a lot of the death positive, death positive, death. That's so hard to say over and over the death positivity <laughs> movement under um, would be kind of this morbid fascination, but also just if you hate God, you're going to hate the image of God. Right. And so destroying the image of God, the image of God dying in a way is a good thing for you. It's hypocritical, of course, mm -hmm. because we're all image bearers. Um, yeah. But I just think about the. The the death, the just, you know, abortion being a great example. If you hate God, you love abortion like that's gen generally um, a truism. Um, why? Because you don't have the respect and care for the image of God that you ought to because you hate God. So you hate his image. So that's yeah. just one, that's one, that's one side of the death positivity movement that doesn't make sense to me. 
Um, and the other side, of course, is that I agree. I disagree a ton with things like human composting, but that's moving the conversation into another direction. We'll go in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I was going to say just uh, if you're a caught up listener who's listened to our recent episodes, you'll have heard me um, kind of mention the story, the true story that God is telling here. Um, and death is a key player. Um, and death and life are basically the two main characters <laughs> of the story he's telling. Um, and, uh, and so death, I mean, death is the, it's a huge part of the story. It's like it's you said, curse. It, yes, yes. And it's, and then even those who love death are kind of lumped into this category as, as with that villain death. And then we have those who are, um, found in Christ with life, uh, who conquers death. And, um, and so it's, a, I mean, it is, it, it, it's huge. It's huge. Um, and, and I would venture to say that death is, um, one of the most adjacent topics to the gospel because its counterpoint <laughs> is life, right. which is the triumphant winner at the end of the whole story. Um, and now, and uh, I was, we've been listening to um, Getty kids has a version of crown me with crown him with many crowns. That is just man. Can I recommend it enough? Okay. You will dance. Stop wasting your feet and your voices and sing and dance. That is a really strong recommendation. Okay. Um, But so in one of the verses that crown him with many crowns is one of those songs that like, you know how hymns, so many hymns have like 15 verses and every single version like you'll look up the hymn and this and all the verses are kind of like a mixture it's a mixture of the different verses and the different you know so they're all a little bit different but in this one uh one of the verses is crown him the lord of life who triumphed o'er the grave who rose Mm -hmm. victorious in the strife for those he came to save his glory is now we sing who died and rose on high who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. So, I mean, this is like, death is not just the end of a person's life. Like it is a, yeah, it is an enormous part of what God has done here, what he is doing here. Um, and of course, like, I don't know. So just in terms of the story that's being told, death is, he's a character like it is a character in this story and and uh and we i mean obviously for an unbeliever at this point in our culture i think i think at some point unbelievers would have acknowledged that and probably known that and been like cognizant of that not anymore uh we've definitely transformed the way that we think 
about death. And of course, I think some people, you know, they do rightly fear death. Um, And then some people, of course, the response is just sinful anxiety and worry or or a frantic, frantic and desperate attempt to delay death at all costs. Um, And then you have those other people that jump into the other ditch that are like, death isn't scary it's just the next thing and it's like no like you don't want to go there yet until (laughs) you don't you don't want to um right but yeah I think so I am I in the beginning of this year I attended a funeral for someone that I had at one point been very close with probably have not been but you know a fixture in our family and um the funeral was not a believing funeral um and uh some kind of you know crazy things were said but I think the kind of the word that I came away from it with was the word flattery Mm, and I think that uh I think that is what we've done. That is what we have allowed to happen. Um, We've flattered ourselves into this uh, because obviously I can understand why an unbeliever would create this whole uh, alternate delusional thing where, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we're just matter. And when you go, you go and that's fine. You were here and you did something good while you were here or, there's reincarnation, you come back or, you know, we never really die. We all just return to the oneness. Like it makes sense why someone would try to create some version of what happens. Yeah. Um, But really what believers have done is we have felt bad Mm. and we have not wanted to say, Hey, here's the conditions under which you will die and not be eternally separated from God. Here is how you die and yeah. go to glory. Right. And and we haven't wanted to say uh well, we haven't wanted to say much of anything at all. Uh but certainly not say anything that would make anyone feel bad. And yeah. um I think that what that has which I kind of alluded to it earlier is that what that means is that as a culture we just all believe that everyone goes to heaven. Right. Isn't that like the ultimate, like regardless of what you call it and what the, what the words are that you use. Yeah. Don't we kind of just, so like, even if you would say like, Oh, well then you just return to the earth and you served your purpose here. What there's a positive, this positive bend towards it. Um, And I think what that means is that we all just know (laughs) we want to be with God. (laughs) We want, we know where we want to go and what would be good, where the good, what the good option is. Um, Right. But we don't have the ability. Uh, So we've just kind of made it so like, right. We all go to heaven. Right. But we don't. I'll go to heaven 
And right. we should, as believers especially, we should not. Now, I don't think that means you need to bust in on funerals and be like, <laughs> just so you know, this person, like, blah, blah, blah. But I am saying to avoid flattery, I mean, in general, because flattery is lying. Flattery is lying to make other people feel better. And I firmly believe that it's not just to make other people feel better. It's to make yourself feel better. It's Mm -hmm. like a double lie. It's a selfish, wicked lie that you tell um, that deceives someone else and and makes you not feel guilty. Um, Anyway, that's flattery. That's just something. And I... uh, the whole industry we have now is surrounded by flattery. Like you can, if you were planning a funeral, you can tell the minister performing the funeral to just say what you want them to say. Yep. I want you to say they went to heaven. I want you to say they're with the angels. I want you to say they're in a better place. And the pastor for hire will simply say to a room of people who also are finally being confronted with death for the first time in our death allergic culture, all of a sudden right. you've just paid someone to just say to a room of lost people that we're all going to heaven. It's fine. Right. And right. we just, it just, we've really gotten ourselves into some trouble here. Right. Sure. Right. Right. Well, and I, you know, for the Christian, death is, death is an upgrade, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's completely the opposite um, uh, of what the believer or the unbeliever receives. So there shouldn't be as, and I think, you know, a lot of Christians probably do fear death And you just have to, I think an important thing on that topic is to ask yourself why, like if you're a believer, you know where you're going, what is fearful to you? And I think what Mm -hmm. you'll find is a lot of it is just like unbelief. It's doubt. Um, It's, I don't know what would happen to my kids. Um, You know, I fear for what would happen to so-and-so like thinking that you are, so important that your death could possibly be untimely. Um, and of course yeah. we all, of course we all know um, families that have lost loved ones and it, yes, the people left behind do have to deal with something difficult. Um, but when you say I'm afraid of death because of what would happen to everybody else, you know, um, you're really putting yourself at the center. You're not reading yourself in the story right. Um, you're putting you. This is like some big main character energy, and you're you're just not the main character. Um, and uh, I really appreciated once a friend just like I was talking to a friend about something, and she just like really got to the bottom of it and was like, just cut through it all. And she was like, "Are you afraid to die?" And I like it just so hit me that like ultimately if I played out this stuff that I was sharing with her, these feelings that I was sharing with her, that like, yeah, it would make sense that that's that's the actual thing underlying all of this. And it was so freeing 
to realize that and then to just deal with it and go, oh, like I'm, I am unduly fearing death in this way and I don't need to. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, as a believer, you just need to like come to grips with that. Like if you're just sitting out there fearing death, like what are you, what are you actually saying? What are you saying about what's coming for you? What are you Mm -hmm. saying about God's sovereignty? What are you saying about his promises? What are you saying about you as the character in your life story? Because if you're fearing death, you have one of those things wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think that those are, this is a huge opportunity for believers to, I mean, to just renew their mind. I mean, I, I get it. Like I get it. Don't, please don't hear either of us say that there isn't something powerful about the idea that, and many, it's, Many of us have experienced this, what I'm about to say, which is that someone is here with us and then they're just not. It's it's not even calculable to us how that works. Um, and so the, those are the moments where instead of instead of falling into sin, the sin of fear and anxiety and unbelief or just behavioral modification where you're like, oh, can't think about that. This is a moment where you stop, walk yourself through. What do I know about death? What is death? What is life? Do I have life? <laughs> um, and and do, do any of us die yeah. at a moment that we're not supposed to? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a great thing to just keep in your mind. Like, you know, mentally, that's not true. But are you living that way? Yeah. Like when you think about death, because those can be two very different things. Yeah. And you if you don't walk yourself through it, you won't get there. I don't I think that some people maybe maybe you can go through a phase in your life, especially when you're young, when you just don't fear death because you legitimately just don't have to think about it. Yeah, But I do think that this is just sort of a part of the human experience. Like at some point, yeah, you are going to come into contact with this and you'll, you're going to need to confront, you need to confront that in your, in yourself. And then um, again, this is in, in terms of unbelievers, especially mm-hmm. uh, if an unbeliever were to come to you, like there is no subject that will more quickly get you to the gospel. Um uh, you fear death. Yeah. Here's where how do you, you go when you die. Death. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, and this, uh, I, I just think we need, it's something that, you know, maybe we've become a little allergic to as well. And we just sort of like, it pops up. We just sort of slap the like, Oh, well, I know I'm going to heaven. And that, that's a fine faithful response. But maybe it's something worth thinking a little bit more about, um, especially since our world has a lot to say mm-hmm. about death. Um, and it's important that we sure up our definitions here because we have um, uh, 
obviously this whole cultural shift of what a death is, what it means, what this is more than just like, oh, your opinion versus my opinion. We need to get this right. I mean, how many, how many millions of babies died over that shift in definition? Um, uh, You know, and, and we've gone, we've gone out of our way as a culture to change to change what a human is to change we're just like okay what can i change the meaning of to make sure that a death isn't happening when i want it to happen or right. that a death is positive when it's actually not positive um and uh i this is well okay do you want to bring up your thing or my <laughs> thing cuz i feel thing? like we have well, I feel like, so I, well, my thing is like a current, I think we both have a current cultural t- tradition surrounding death mm. that maybe Christians are buying into a little more okay. than they realize. Tell me, what is what is yours? Well, so mine, which you already know because we talked about it briefly, um, suicide. Um, yes, I'm so, so glad you brought that up because I meant to, and yeah. I forgot. So, okay. so that's a huge part of the conversation. It's, I mean, this suicide death is the type of death our culture is ready and willing to talk about all day long. Um, and, uh, they have redefined what it is. They've redefined who the victim of it is. Um, there is no perpetrator. Uh, you've heard of a victimless crime. This is a perpetratorless crime. <laughs> um, and so, uh, well, okay. So you guys really liked it in the food episode when I just said something really simple. And I'm just going to go ahead and say. I'm about to get suicide... in so much trouble for what you're about to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Summer. <laughs> They're going to be so mad at you for what I'm about to say. <laughs> Which is that suicide, um, suicide is a sin. Yes, it is. Um, and you are not, you're not, uh, well, so I'm not going to say you're not the victim just in terms of like legal jargon. You are, the, you're, it's not that you're not the victim, you are the victim, but you're also the, the perpetrator. perpetrator yeah you're guilty of murder um when you commit suicide um and when you attempt suicide you're guilty of attempted murder um now this is not me coming out and saying <laughs> did you hear that joy believes that we need to uh we need to arrest suicide people (laughs) who have suicided themselves that's not what i'm talking about and that's an interesting conversation i suppose but i don't know enough about that (laughs) to have that conversation but you have um, a law degree come on (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i just want to go ahead and say that as a christian you should not fall for the lie do not believe the lie that suicide um that those who commit suicide are not sinning um it's it is the it is the biggest act of unbelief um lacking in hope faithless um 
And now... I feel like people... And this is with this is the case with yours too, which people hear you say that, yeah, and then they're instantly like, "Well, can a Christian commit suicide?" Yes. So, if you're wanting to know my opinion on that, it is not that would not be normative, but I will also say that some Christians sin in their final moment of life. Yeah. It is not just because someone's last moment before eternity is a sin does not necessarily mean that they're not a Christian. Now, I will point to the whole episode before this where I blathered on about how everyone kind of automatically likes to say that everyone's going to heaven. So um when someone commits suicide i don't think i don't think you need to determine i don't need think you need to have a trial to determine whether or not they were a believer i think when someone dies most of the time what's normative is that the people in their life know mm. if they were a believer or not yeah um obviously there's uh, there could be some exceptions to that people who i mean i believe that if someone was facing imminent mortality that would be very um i don't know anyway okay but so yeah so that's this is i don't know maybe i don't want to sound callous i don't want to sound um uh i don't want to sound cold uh but i think that what the world has done is they be okay so a person who commits suicide is undeniably in an amount of pain that, I mean, again, that's another one of these thoughts that you can have about death. Like uh, earlier when I was talking about the, wow, I just can't comprehend how someone could be here and then not be here. Again, how, how could someone feel so much pain, so much hopelessness that it would lead them to end everything um i think that uh this is where so this is what determines it's not just that uh taking your own life is a sin Mm -hmm. but i think you find lots of sin in the pain leading up to the moment that it happens right and the reason the world needs to change the definition of what a suicide is is that they need uh, sympathy mm-hmm. for their sin and they need to be a martyr for their sin. They were experiencing yeah. so much pain. They were experiencing so much unbelief, so much faithlessness, so much selfishness that they it led them to this, this ultimate decision that they couldn't take back. Um, right. But that's not what that's not what suicide is. Um, suicide is a total, even uh, now here's the, 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 the very regrettable thing is that um, it can take place in a moment. And I truly believe that if people were given, like if you went to commit suicide and then yeah. 
uh, if you did it and then instead of dying, a little box popped up and was well, was like, would you like to not do that? Yeah. I think people would pick to not do it. Yes. Um, oh, but, for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, ultimately, it, it is the it is uh it is a, a decision made very quickly that is a result of complete unbelief yeah and probably years that God is not... of that leading up to that moment yeah yes typically right um and i'm not saying that i'm not saying like oh people who commit suicide are sinners they don't need any help and you should just be callous towards them. And if, I mean, I, I personally, personally, if any, if anyone ever came up to me, if anyone, that is my policy. If someone commit, like says to my face that they are actively going to commit suicide. My first, my first thing I would say is let's get you somewhere safe where you cannot actually physically harm yourself because a huge part of it again is just the, the, how quickly the decision uh can be made and acted upon um and it's so final there's no undoing it right yes Mm. but i think that uh i i certainly um i think if anything that that contributes the fact that something that the person some kind of freedom happens so like a, a person sins in sin and then they sin their final act is a sin that ends their life and then the cultural view of that is now they're free and that is a cruel lie so uh, i'm not sounding i i don't want to be callous when i <laughs> talk about this i'm against the cruel lie right i understand i understand the pain that leads to a moment like that i get it fully understanding and um so what i'm saying i guess is that in this very particular so obviously again we've talked about it death is incredibly important you need to know what death is you need to understand you need to have these conversations with yourself but there is a there is a um this is an area that is uh, there's a consequence here yeah how we think about suicide how we um i mean and and, you know if you think this is going away it's not going away like i said this is this is the one part of death other than abortion that our culture will very willingly talk about it's 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 the number one currency of the trans movement which is that you have to do everything we say otherwise we'll kill ourselves and it's like okay wow look you have this entire like you're holding yourself for ransom right and so and you are talking about an entire um it's almost we can't even fully get into it in just one episode but this entire ideology this entire viewpoint about what death is when you have someone um that is just so quick a population that is so quick to just take their own life um, and then you have, we're seeing it more and more. We already have feminism, people quick to take a life, not their own, but their children. And then more and more now you hear of people 
quick to take their own life when they are uh, experiencing some form of pain or chronic disability or chronic unwellness. Um, so this is this is not going away. If anything, it's going to become more it's going to become more and more of a conversation than it already is. Um, and we need to, we need to not flatter people. This don't believe the lie that flatters suicide. Suicide does not equal freedom. Right. It doesn't. Right. Um, if the person, if the person is an unbeliever, they were imprisoned, chained to death their whole life. They love death. And then they died physically and they're going, they're going to uh, be separated in torment forever. That's not freedom. The believer, uh, maybe this is another controversial thing. The believer should, should want, you should want to have a believer's funeral. You should want it to be apparent that you were a believer. Now, I'm not saying again, for all of you that, don't like and this is the thing we 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 all a lot of people know someone that they're close to um or there's a degree of separation and so our instinct is to quick and rush and protect them but you sh if your protection is flattery you're lying you're lying to protect them and yourself um but you sh when you i If you haven't ever talked about your own funeral, maybe you should talk about it a little bit. But what is it going to look like? Right. It's going to be obvious for those of you listening. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, it's going to be obvious that you loved the Lord. It's going to be rejoicing. There is going to be sadness, of course, for, you know, just there's grief. Grief is a real thing. Like that's not. Yeah. Death was not the whole reason Christ came to kill death is because death came. He it wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> he's the villain. Like he is the villain that will die. And, um, and I, uh, sorry, I'm black. I'm just blathering. You take, <laughs> no, you know, everything you said made sense. And I'm glad that you said it. So okay. I didn't have to, because I'm about to say something that I thought was vanilla and, apparently um it's not so well, i thought the suicide thing was i thought that it's not that it was vanilla but just that if you think about it it's obvious this yeah. is one of those things that it is obvious yeah. and um it's not meant to be mean it's not meant to drive anyone to suicide which is the the key of threat of our culture it's obvious, but what I'm saying is that um, in the absence of Christians being clear mm -hmm. about the obvious, about what death is, about what suicide is, yeah. about what happens when you die, in the absence of that, the culture has completely redefined what all those things are. And right. now we feel too sheepish to right. come forward and say, no, that might be your theory about what a suicide is, but here's what's true. And here's right. what your value is as a human being. So actually when you take a life, right, your own life, even like you're not just dealing with 
a freedom from some weird mental health issues. Right. Well, killing someone is killing someone. Murdering yourself is also killing a person. And I just don't think a lot of people think of it that way. No. Well, um, just to keep things interesting, um, I mentioned the death positivity movement because that was kind of where our initial conversation came from years ago and came up for me again. Um, but another another name for the death positivity movement is the green burial movement. So one of the death positivity movement's main goals is to change what we do with our loved ones' bodies when they die. And one of the things that they are actively fighting for, making legal in all 50 states right now, it's only legal in six states. I think New York just became the most recent one, um, is something called human composting, which Mm -hmm. is using dead bodies to nourish plants. And um, I think this is an interesting concept. Uh, It brings up a lot of things for me. It brings up a lot of things, a lot of beliefs that I have about (laughs) how we are to treat the human body. And we all, whether you have done this consciously or not, every person that's listening to this right now has an opinion on what is okay and not okay to do with a human body, whether it's dead or alive. Mm -hmm. And maybe you haven't thought this through, but you have one. So I just want to say briefly that I am against cremation. I am not saying that cremation is a sin. I do think that it is not the most faithful witness. And I have thought about it. And and I know I because I recently found out that this is a people... <laughs> Here's the thing. The response that I've gotten to saying that has been so intense that I've almost had to rethink whether it is a sin or not, because I have never seen so many people be so defensive of something that I did not make a sin issue. So, like, it's kind of made me go, okay, is this a sin issue? Because this is like, it's like I pricked people. It was, it's so, but I mean, here's the thing. If you read the Bible, there are two kinds of people. There's there's God's people and then there's everyone else. And the consistent witness in scripture is that God's people buried their dead and the pagans burned them. And if you go outside of the canon of the New Testament into history, just general world history, you can actually trace the movement of Christianity throughout the world post the time of Jesus by watching lands go from burning dead bodies to burying them. So, so, um, is there a Bible verse that says burning the dead is sin? No, there is not. But what I want to say is that um, if you are pro, if you're a pro cremation Christian, 
you do believe that there is, and and I believe there are pro-cremation Christians, just to be perfectly clear. I'm not questioning anybody's salvation, okay? I know some people have shared with me that that's what I'm doing, but I promise that's not what I'm doing. And what I believe about you, pro-cremation Christians, is I, I do believe that there's that you believe that there's a certain amount of respect that's owed to the dead. You know, you, you are a Christian. You would not put naked dead bodies on display. You wouldn't do that. You would say that's not appropriate. You would say that's not respectful. So even though you're pro cremation, there is a line that you draw in terms of what is inappropriate and appropriate to do with a dead body my line also includes putting them into incinerators okay i just i i i do believe that the model we're given in scripture about how we are to treat the human body is cohesive and it matters so i know some people would say cremation is just the you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, like we're just speeding up, you know, the natural process. <laughs> but I do think that there is a big difference between a body undergoing natural, normal decay and a body being turned into ash. And of course, of course, I believe that that uh, what happens to your body after you die is not going to get in the way of God resurrecting you. Of course, God is going to resurrect all of his people, regardless of what happens to their bodies after death. So again, this is not a salvation issue. This is not a resurrection issue. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a testimony issue. I think what is faithful to our understanding of being made in the image of God. And I just don't believe that pragmatically speeding up the process, uh, particularly for the sake of like doing something cheaper or more, more financially beneficial is the same thing as being faithful. I don't think yeah. that's pragmatism and I reject it. Um, I also think that something to consider is that it does matter to God how we treat our bodies. We're not Gnostic. Um, and while I understand that, you know, death severs our spirits from our physical bodies, like I don't think that means the second you die, your body no longer has any meaning or value. Your body continues to be your body that was made in the image of God and will be resurrected one day. And I, so I, I just, I don't believe that you're free to do whatever you want to dead bodies. And so the respect and the dignity that we owe to the human body, it just, it doesn't end the second that someone dies. And again, I think most yeah. Christians believe that, but maybe haven't really considered um, what that means. And so I think another thing that's super interesting, if you read church history, you're going to come across Christians in situations, um, martyrs, things like that. You'll even find non-Christians. They will ask for a Christian burial. This is a phrase that used to be very commonplace wanting a christian burial it was it was a request that believers and unbelievers made like hey like please 
please treat my body with respect once I die. Like, don't burn me. Don't throw me to the wolves. Like, please bury me. And it was pointing to a belief that we don't hold anymore, as we've alluded to, that there's something else after this life. There's something else coming. Yeah. Um, and it was normal for people to care about how their bodies were treated after they died and not wanting them to be destroyed. Um, think about the patriarchs. I don't know if you guys have read the patriarchs recently in your Bible reading, but they took pains. They took time. They traveled long distances. They cared to give their dead loved ones burials. And I understand that their burials, our burials, they're not exactly the same, but the point was they buried their dead and they took great pains to do so. And they, they treated their dead radically differently. And this was before the giving of the law um, than their neighbors did. You can see that in back in Genesis. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, we live in a society that just radically disrespects the human body. So it makes sense to me that people don't really seem to care a lot um, about whether or not they're putting an incinerator. Um, and I do understand that a lot of good faith Christians, people I love would say that, you know, I do care and I'm still fine with being cremated and okay. Like, I'm not questioning your salvation. I just think that you're wrong. <laughs> you know, like, I just think it's, I just think you're wrong. Um, and that's and okay. My, yeah. That's it's okay. okay. It's okay. Guess what? Like, I, this is just, listen, I have been recently put in a position where I am to make all new friends. I have been thinking about this so much. It is okay for your friend to disagree with you. Yes, it's okay it is. for another person who is not your friend to yes. disagree with you. Be an adult. You want to talk about buying a cultural cultural lie? Yeah. Stop pretending that everyone who disagrees with you hates you. Yes. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. I I have been told that I'm I'm putting a yoke on people by by not being supportive of cremation. Like it's crazy. And I don't know what it is. Like if you have recently opted to have your mother-in-law cremated, like I don't think less of you. It doesn't change the historical facts that I think are relevant to the conversation. Right. And here's, here's my final thought on this. I don't believe that God's laws or commands are arbitrary. Like he very specifically laid out for his people in the Old Testament, how they were to treat the dead. And it was very different. It was very radically different than burning them to ash. And a lot of people will immediately go, go like, oh, you know, like we're not under law and like God's law was arbitrary and like, okay, I think that's a really unwise way to view God's law is to just decide that it's all arbitrary and it was just to mark the people out and it doesn't have any significance. Um, and I do think, you know, wherever we like intentionally depart 
from directions that God gave, like you need to have a very clear theological reason for doing so. Like we have, like I'm, we do not observe the ceremonial laws. Like, of course, of course not. I understand I'm not living in ancient Israel. Okay. Like I get it. But here's what I'm saying. If you've studied the issue and you've determined that everything that was normative for God's people to do in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and throughout church history has nothing to do with us today. And you can in clear conscience say, I know that for like all of the Bible times and all of church history, people buried their dead and didn't burn them. And that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and your conscience is clear. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Joy laughing. Um, okay. Then okay. Like, okay. I'll still come to your weird funeral where you're in an urn. Like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'll show up. I'm there. I don't care. Yeah. But I do believe that the principle that was laid out there in terms of how we're to treat dead bodies is still in effect. I think the principle is we don't burn the dead. We treat the body very intentionally before it's born, before you're born, after you're dead. I think burial ultimately points to the resurrection symbolically. And if you can bury your dead, I do believe the most faithful thing for you to do is to bury your dead. Um, so that's how I'd like to go. And again, good faith Christians can disagree on the topic, but here's what I'm saying. If you're going to not do it, like, please at least know why, like, please at least, yeah, you know, just, just, just have thought it through, just have, just have thought it yeah. through, considered it. Um, you know, for me, this is like the head covering issue where it's like, you know, if you're going to disagree with like. 2000 years of church history and a very plain reading of the text, but you've never bothered to do your homework on it. Like, are you really pursuing faithfulness to the utmost extent that you can? And if you have read on the issue, done the thinking on the issue, whatever, and you come to a different place than I do, like we're, we're gravy. Okay. Like we're good. We're, you and I are good. We can be in fellowship, but wow, I just don't know that people have thought about this one as much. Or um, maybe I'm wrong and this is a sin issue because people mad. They're big mad. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is that people, people, people would rather be mad than know. They'd rather be mad than uh, have thought it through. I think the best, it's not that you have to be scholarly on every single one of these topics but it's like if you don't know what you're talking about shut up yeah like just shut up and if it bothers you then maybe you should think about it maybe yeah. you should think about what what you're doing maybe if every time you hear someone say something about cremation you are full of rage <laughs> like maybe you need to think about some things maybe you need to think like confront that and yourself yeah you're not like i yeah. don't or if you if you head cover and every time this conversation of head covering comes up and you you have no articulate uh anything articulate to say but you're just mad 
yeah just shut up that's, that's my, a that different my problem. that is my kind that's my kind advice to you now please look into it yeah i get it yeah but like sometimes it takes a second to get there but yeah. this is just this is uh, the cold cremation thing is something i think when i was young i just thought like i don't want to inconvenience anyone yeah. I was never even specific. I was just like, if I died, like my family should just do what they could do, whatever's easiest for them. And I just have a totally different, like as I mature in my faith, as as I'm sanctified, I have a completely different view of what the human body is. I think a lot of Christians think when their body dies, it's like, oh, now I'm like the most Christian I could ever be. I'm a spirit floating around with God. And it's like, that's not, that's a cult, that's cultural. That's like, that's not what the Bible talks about. And, and I get it. I understand having that. That's the whole point of this episode is we're saying there are cultural, there's a cultural view of death Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure you know, what's up. You need to actually know what death is you can't just you can't especially if you you know if you went to government school and you and you've grown up in the last like 30 to 50 years those were your formative years you really need to you're gonna have to have thoughts about these things because the the cultural definition of many many things that was handed to you is probably not right and you know what if it's not a total 100% error, yeah. then there's just going to be little things. And, and this is what you do as you, bec- as you become more mature, right? There are things that there are things you figure out things. Maybe in, they seem like, wow, big things, big concepts. Okay. I get that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, and a huge concept is the fear of death. That is a huge concept. And I think there's a curve depending on how much death you're exposed to. You might not have that moment till you're older. So I'm not talking about like right. age when I'm talking about maturity. But the point is, is the fine tuning at some point when yeah. gold is being purified, you're doing it to fine tune. And so these topics shouldn't be, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be off limits. It shouldn't be right. like, well, I'm just going to rage out and and hold my love for cremation dear to my near to my heart um you just i'm and i'm all for a spirited a spirited conversation um oh man no this is not this but, has not been that well yeah this is anything not on that. social media is never yeah social media is never a conversation it's always just like i knew you were the worst person ever I knew it. I knew you thought my un- my family who was cremated, Summer all in hell. Jaeger. I know you thought that they went to hell. That's, I knew that about you. That's main character energy, by the way, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think we, you know, the lot, the lot, very truly last thing I'll say is that. Um, I think our very, our thoughtful snodgrass that emailed me about death positivity. Um, well, maybe I can't remember if it was her or somebody else. A lot of what I've been told is like, this movement isn't really pagan. It's just about 
you know, wanting you to be more comfortable with dead bodies. And while I do think in some ways we ought to be more comfortable with dead bodies than we are, just meaning we should be more comfortable at funerals than we are, um, and comfortable being a word <laughs> that comes with all of the context of everything we just said. Um, there is a lot of paganism in the movement. I don't believe human bodies should be used as fertilizer, um, as a regular use. And if you actually look into that movement, the whole idea is about giving your your body back to Mother Earth. And, uh, you know, if you want to pay Mother Earth back, if you want to pay capital N nature back, then become human compost. And again, I do think we're required to treat our bodies, the bodies of our dead loved ones, with more respect than that. Um, and I understand we all turn to dust. I understand we're all human compost in a way. Um, I think that's God's job and not ours. And that our job is to be faithful and to treat the body with dignity and respect. We ought not kill ourselves. We ought not elect to have ourselves put into incinerators and we can still be friends if that is what you want to do. The incineration part, not the other one, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess my final thought is just, um, don't wait for death to figure out what you think about death. And I just mean, yeah. obviously, um, that might seem ridiculous. It may be in terms of your own death, but the death of people close to you, the death of someone that's yeah. just a, a approximate in geography, like, you know, someone who's just near you. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, you need, this is, it's a moment. It's a moment to minister to yourself. It's a moment to minister to others. Yeah. The topic comes up even if no one close by has died. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you can, you can maybe put off determining what you feel about cremation for a few months, but if you need to determine, like if someone walked up to you and said right now, like, what is death? That is this huge encompassing question that involves what are people what like who is the author of life and death what is death in general who's conquered death like all this stuff just you need you have to know you have to know yeah yeah all right guys you can leave me a voicemail but not about cremation at 470-465-0475 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't forget if this has been a super informative episode and changed your life and you're out buying burial plots to sign up at patreon.com slash <laughs> to support the show and or join book club which starts this week we're reading out of the silent planet it's going to be a good time and we'll see you guys next week see ya see ya